what everybody walks into is basically what they're going to rise or fall to. If you have a, an absolute all-star walk onto a team and the average guy does two a month, like that all-star is maybe they'll look at that and think there's some opportunity here and they'll stick around, but they want to be around winners. Like that's not winning. This is the Solar Disruption Theory. Welcome to another episode of the Solar Disruption Theory Podcast. I am your host, Chad Towner, and joining me is the wonderful Heather Morin. How you doing, Heather? Hey, everybody. Doing well. And we've got with us two very special guests. We've got the president of Boundless Energy, Jay Pellets, as well as the CEO of Boundless Energy, Riley Traveler. How you guys doing? Doing good, Chad. Doing great. I want to get into a lot of stuff, but let's start with addressing the elephant in the room. Why are we in this office as opposed to our normal studio? Well, listen, I'm all about taking accountability. Unless it's your fault, Chad, then I will <laughs> not. I will not fall on the sword for your mistakes. Uh, we already did this once, didn't we, Jay? We didn't. We did a great job. I thought it was probably the best podcast episode that anybody would have ever heard. It was the best episode of all time. And the... The file got lost, and so as a as a way to make up for it, we flew out here, and we are here at Boundless Headquarters in Riley Traveler's office, and there's a beautiful view outside. It's fall. We're in Massachusetts, as my buddy Kylie would say. It's sweater weather, and uh, very, very nice view, but we can't see it because of the lighting, but yes, this is take two of the podcast with you guys, and uh, no pressure. Better be better than the first one. It will be. It certainly will be. Although I said some of the funniest jokes that anybody had ever heard last time, and I don't remember them. Um, but we'll never get them back. I'll take a couple cracks today. I'm sure Jay will. It'll be good. I think we got this. It'll be good. I'm concerned that the first time was so good, that's why the file got corrupted, and you're hoping this won't be as good, so it'll make others... Yeah, we're trying to make everybody else. Yes. We didn't want to set the bar too high. I know what it was. Is Brett? We did our. We actually technically recorded before Brett recorded episode one. That's and true. And it was so good that he sabotaged it. <laughs> and I respect that. Brett's a winner. I've played golf with Brett. I played pickleball with Brett. The guy's a winner, and he found a way to win in this moment as well. So kudos to Brett. Yeah. Yeah. You've never beat him in pickleball, so it's true. <laughs> if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So all right. Well. Let's dive in because you guys are absolutely on a tear right now. Your company is taking off. Uh, we've been partnered together for a little over almost two and a half years now. Um, it was the middle of COVID when you guys first partnered with Freedom Forever. And um, you, you guys, through a lot of trial and error and a lot of adversity and a lot of kind of figuring things out, have kind of cracked a certain code on, on growth and um, it's it's been amazing to see. Like this last month, you guys did almost a thousand sales. Um, the month before, you were at like 740 or 750, and so just to see that type of growth in from one month to the next. I mean, earlier this year, you were only selling about 500. So, how in the heck have you guys been able to grow that quickly and scale the way you have? Ultimately, we've, we've just been trying to build what would be the best place on planet Earth to build a sales team um, or multiple sales teams or a region or a division or whatever and plugging in those pieces. And um, I think we cracked a lot of codes um, when it comes to how do you actually put in the pieces so that a sales leader can grow their team month over month over month 
just by showing up and being great at motivation, being great at training. I think we've put in some things that sort of automate the growth of a sales team if you are an effective leader. So I'm really proud of the leadership team that we have across the board from our DMs, our regionals. They're growing. They're doing a great job. And they're taking advantage of a lot of the systems we've put in, which I'm happy to talk about. But I think it's just a combination of all of those things and the culmination of all the lessons learned, which I'm sure we can get into some specifics. But it's a lot more. It's more than just one thing. It's everything and everything's working. Jay, anything to add to that? No, I just double down on, you know, Riley really is a, is a, one of the best and effective leaders I've ever been around. And he kind of creates the culture for this company. Uh, we work tires, tirelessly every day and from every leadership level to try to make this the best place anybody would ever want to sell solar in. You guys generated almost $24 million worth of revenue last month that'll eventually get installed, but that was October. So like typically the, the average sales company, especially in the door-to-door, or especially in the solar space, they ramp up in the summer and then they plateau and then the fall, they just kind of start declining every single month. And nobody does more in October than they did in September, but you guys did. Nobody does more in September than they did in August, but you guys did. So there's gotta be more to it than just leadership. Like I know you guys have been working on a, a lead gen program and a way of, of scaling kind of these setter closer model. Is that, has that been a big piece to your guys's growth? Are you guys still doing that or did, have you pivoted? No, we're still doing that. You say uh, it's not just leadership. I mean, it is just leadership. Here, here's what I'll say. So if anybody's listening and they're like, you know, they might be listening to this and, and trying to get something from it. Well, here's what we did. Okay. Here's the blueprint. We built a legion program. That legion program, those are typically younger demographics. They're coming in, they're looking for an opportunity to make money quickly, and they're looking for an opportunity to grow. They want to learn and they want to grow and they want to develop. So they want to get managerial experience. Okay. Solar is difficult, but lead gen is not as difficult as selling solar in its entirety. So you can learn lead gen really quickly, and then you can start developing some of those soft skills like managing managing people, managing expectations, mentoring others. So we have, a, we have a, a program that allows somebody to come in and they can get that. They can get it quickly. Um, we have a, a recruiting department. Um, recruiting is the fuel that allows a company to keep moving and keep growing. Our recruiting department kicks ass. Um, we have a you know, big shout out to Shannon Urado, uh, who helped us build that thing from the very, very beginning. Like we're trying to make this thing homegrown. You know, I'm, I'm, I've always been a big fan of, I love sports. Um, you know, my favorite sports teams are always those that they draft really well and then they develop their talent and then that talent turns into superstars. You know, I think the Golden State Warriors are a phenomenal example of that. I'm not a Warriors fan per se, but I'm a fan of their system and I'm a fan of what they've been able to do. Um, obviously living in Boston, you got the Boston Celtics that, they drafted Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in back-to-back years, and they've built a, a really strong organization around the, this two, uh, these two kids, homegrown talent. So, you know, we started with some seasoned veterans. You know, I've got to give a shout-out to Hansel DeSoto, Zach Moltrop. Mm. Uh, these are two just – they've been around the block forever. They've been running phenomenal teams. They know lead gen inside and out. They know running teams, building teams, and then we've been recruiting – so our recruiting department is is killing it. They're doing a great job. But imagine yourself as a manager, Chad. 
So if you're a sales manager or a lead gen manager, our lead gen managers, every two weeks they have a class of three, four, five, six new people come and join their team. Yeah. Every two weeks. They don't even have to think about it. So their job is to help people produce, is to coach, mentor, and train, but the team's getting built. How many yeah. you've been in direct sales for many, many years. I remember managing my first team. I got promoted to be a manager at Solar City back in the day. And I moved myself, my wife and myself, we moved out to South Jersey. And I get there and I'm like, all right. Where's I, my team? I'm in, like, I didn't, there was nobody there. Like, you yeah. have to just, so I started placing ads on uh, Craigslist, Indeed.com, uh, ZipRecruiter, and then I'm interviewing people all day. And it takes a long time to find good talent. And then when you find them, again, I would run into the same thing that our recruiters find today, where I would hire somebody that I'm excited about, and the next day they don't show up. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And so you spend all this time to try and build a team, and it takes so long. And so I just remember thinking, man, it would be so nice if I could focus on selling, training, mentoring. And if I just had a new crop of people coming in every couple of weeks, like this thing would grow automatically. Yeah. And so we looked at this and we're like, let's just build a machine that, that would be a, a leader's dream. How do you build a leader's dream? I think, a le- I think leaders just want to have a place where their people can grow. They're, they're, if you're in sales, that you're getting leads coming in because leads are very nice to have. You're self-genning all the time. That's amazing. There's more money in your self-gen deals, but it's nice getting some leads. It's nice getting some yeah. supplementary deals out there that you can get referrals from. Um, and then it's nice having people coming onto your team. So our teams have been growing. I look, I look at the graphs, you know, this last year and our, our regionals and what they've been able to do. And just about every single one of our teams, it's not that we as an organization grew. It's we didn't go out and and open up. 10 new territories to double our sales volume. I'm not interested in that. Our, the, the original territories that we started with this year are twice as big and selling twice as much, and they're making twice as much money as they were earlier this year. So that's where our growth came from, is all of our people are making more and doing more. It's not that we just spread it out across more people. Yeah. That's not what we're doing. I want to see people grow. I think that's what we enjoy doing. At the end of the day, that's what makes you, puts a smile on your face is when somebody makes really good money or they, you know, that's what's awesome about solar, in my opinion, is the the way it can just change somebody's life. Like, it really can. How did you find solar, Riley? Was it by accident? For me, like, when I was reached out to from a Freedom Forever recruiter, I didn't even know, like, what is Freedom Forever? Is this like a military company? No idea, but so obviously so glad that I did find solar. So curious, like, What's your backstory and how did you guys get here and how was Boundless Energy started? Well, we both found it by accident. I'll, I'll give the, the Reader's Digest version of how I found solar. Um, <clears throat> I had a really good friend in college. His name is James. Uh, if you're listening to this, James, shout out. Uh, I slept on James's couch many nights because um, we'd have parties at his house and I'd end up just sleeping there. Nice. And uh, he graduated <laughs> the year before I did. This is 2012. And uh, he went and started selling. He knew somebody that was one of the early, uh, like, er- early founders of Vivint Solar, and so he went and started selling solar for Vivint. Um, and then a year later, I was getting ready to graduate, and he reaches out to me. He says, "Hey, I'm moving to Tucson, Arizona. I'm opening an office for Solar City. You should come check this out." I was going to go to graduate school, um, and then I went and checked it out. I went down to Tucson. And I kind of couldn't believe that the product was so good, 
I'd sold alarms in the summers, and I remember like knocking. We went out knocking doors, and then I watched him sell a deal, and like it was, I couldn't believe the value proposition and the commissions and everything about it was just unbelievable. So I'm like, well, I remember telling my parents like, hey, I'm not going to go to grad school. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go. I got this way better job. It's it's door knocking, 100% commission. And they're like, oh, that sounds. <laughs> they're like, oh, grad school. Door. They're like, yeah. oh, we were proud of Perfect. you. Perfect. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, they must be super proud now. Yeah, who knows? You know, <laughs> who knows? Um, no, I, maybe they are. Maybe they are. Um, but yeah, it's by accident. I mean, I'm just lucky. You know, you get a, I knew somebody, somebody introduced it to me and then I saw what it was and I couldn't believe it. It's, uh, it's been an incredible run. Yeah. That was 2013. So kind of similar for you. Just about, just about an accident for you as well, huh? Yeah, my, mine. Um, I'll give you the quick Reader's Digest version. So basically, I was in the family business for like 32 years, and uh, just things happen within the family. What kind of what kind of business was it? General contract, uh, built houses, putting roads, yep. developments, things like that. Uh, very successful. Uh, towards the end, it it wasn't, and kind of got into a family feud, I guess. And next thing you know, I was left uh, with a couple million dollars in debt and uh, nothing. And so I, at 53 years old, I answered an Indeed.com ad to go bang doors for a local solar company here. And uh, that was 2017. And then one thing led to another, and now I'm the president of Boundless. And I question if I have any upward mobility at this point. But yeah, <laughs> we'll discuss it in your one-on-one. Uh, there's a few weaknesses uh, that we need to address and shore up, but uh, potentially. Yeah. potentially. But uh, but yeah, that, that's, so uh, yeah, basically, I I had nothing and just it was again at 53 years old as a last resort, I guess. I uh, just started knocking doors and uh, I didn't have much else going on, so I knocked doors for 12. I, like I wasn't that good. I was pretty good. But I just knocked doors for 12 to 14 hours a day. So I just knocked more doors than everybody else. So I had more opportunities than everybody else. And so I ended up closing more deals than everybody else. And uh, just started working alongside Riley. And uh, yeah, that's when we met around 2017. And just that's how everything started. Yeah, you get lucky sometimes. You know, like, uh, so I was, I was the like the regional manager in this territory and I show up, you know, I've just joined this new company and uh, Jay is there. And the first month I'm there, Jay was the number one rep in the territory. So he was the best rep in the whole region. I'm like, Oh, who's this guy? And I get to know him. And then I found out that was his third month. Uh, he was the worst rep <laughs> for his first two. And I didn't see that fortunately, cause I would have judged him harshly, um, but I didn't see that. I just showed up and Jay was the best guy in the territory. And uh, so I started getting to know him and I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like how lucky do you get? You got this, yeah. this uh, seasoned veteran, you know, and I don't mean that like not making an age reference here, like, you know, but you're just a veteran in terms Who's of old? your work ethic. <laughs> no, but Jay's just, Jay's wise. Uh, he's smart. He has uh, experience. He's been successful for many, many years. Um, so we started working together and talking all the time and it's like, this guy's amazing. You know, how, how does this guy end up as a canvassing rep on one of your, like you just get lucky. Right. And I think I I look at solar, I look at the solar industry in general and I, like I wake up a lot of times and I'll, I'll kind of, you know, pinch myself a little bit because like 
just we're all very very fortunate that so many good breaks have happened um you know the the investment tax credit that's kind of that propped up the industry originally that getting extended like there's so many things that that you know if, if something goes another way it's just not quite as good it's, the opportunity is not quite there um people that just show up in your life that you had nothing to do with it's just like what you wake up and all of a sudden there's this amazing person in your life that adds value every single day that's been jay so really grateful to you i will not make any more heartfelt comments the rest of this episode because i don't want to make him cry he's very emotional <laughs> but I, I will tell you something kind of funny is that as we're discussing this we realize how fortunate and blessed we are literally it's it and we don't stop often enough to appreciate the opportunity that we have how much we've grown uh the relationships that we have actually with all the partners, you know, Tyson, Bill, Mark, Derek, and we've got such a great core of people that we just love waking up to every day, that we trust, and uh, we don't talk about that enough because normally it's, you know, we have the uh, the pocket tour between the office and one of us is coming into the other's office usually with a complaint <laughs> about something that's not going right or something that somebody said that we weren't happy about. We're talking with each other. And uh, so it's actually nice to reflect a little bit. Yeah, the, the, the first episode that we recorded that will never air or never see the light of day, um, you guys had nothing good to say about each other. So right now it's the polar opposite. Maybe maybe a lot's happened. Well, we had then. a much better month this last month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's the solar bipolar, solar coaster. Yeah. You know, this month uh, he's the greatest CEO yeah. literally of any company I can even imagine being on earth. Speaking of like the culture, this this term, when I first met you two and a half years ago, um, you guys would use this term, adult solar. Mm -hmm. I don't know who came up with it. Where, where does that come from? Because I, 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 I fell in love with it. You stole it. Okay. I stole it from Harness. I stole it from uh, Bo Fulkinga and Dan Dunn. Um, good, <laughs> okay. good guys. Uh, they run a good business as well. We tend to have an older demographic than yeah. most solar companies. Um, I bet you, if you were to take the... What are you laughing about? You think I'm going to make just, an age joke? About yes, you? you are. It's inappropriate to do on a on a podcast yes. like this. That would be inappropriate Five for years me to from make now, fun I'm of your Social age. Security. Yeah. But it's perfectly appropriate um, in the office setting, just not yeah. on a podcast. Not on a podcast, <laughs> right. right? Like it's offensive. Uh, for example, I'm 32. Jay, you are 59. 59. So our average age is pretty. You know, it's much higher than 32. Um, Excuse high. So, but if you were to, honestly, if you were to go out, like you saw our sales team today, our Massachusetts team, I mean, that's, those are professionals. I think, I think solar um, has been dominated by young door-to-door uh, -door reps. And I think that uh, there's a slight danger to that. And a lot of it's been transient. There's a lot of like move to this place, blitz this area, and then leave it. I don't think that uh, I'm not saying that every organization that does that uh, does a poor job. I'm sure there's plenty of them that do a phenomenal job. But one of the things that um, I'm very cognizant of and I think we as an organization try really hard to do is to just be good stewards of the communities that we're in and of the people that we're serving of our customers. Um, yeah, we're in solar to make money, but, you know, we're not going to be raking people over the coals and charging you know, $7 a watt or $6 a yeah. watt. To, it, there's a fair price of going solar and people should make money. If you sell a deal, you should make money. Like you deserve to make money. You brought a lot of value there. 
if you're busting your butt every day and you're not getting at least six to eight deals a month, like I don't, this I've said before, this is the best industry. It's the best way in the world to make six figures, multiple six figures. And it's like the worst way in the world to make like 50 grand. (laughs) Yeah. Like, because the money is, it comes in chunks and it comes infrequently. So if you're making $50,000 selling solar, it feels like you're broke. Yeah. Like 80% of the time you're rich for three days. And then you spend all that money on the bills that you're overdue on. And then, you know, it's a tough way to live. So getting consistent, selling consistently, selling high volume. And that all comes with just being a master of your craft, perfecting your craft, taking good care of your customers. Like, once you once you have a customer base, you should be able to eat good f- forever. Just our people in, in our culture, it's not really all about age. It's about maturity and it's about accountability and it's just about taking ownership of your situation. Like we don't really listen to excuses very much. Uh, it's pretty rare that somebody comes in and starts blaming somebody else for their problems nowadays because they just get, it's like you're just ignored if you do that. Like that's not real. Like you're your problems are your own problems. And in most cases, uh, you are cause to many of your own issues. Maybe not all, but the vast majority of the issues anybody's facing is probably their own cause. Let's talk about that for a minute because a lot of the teams out there, a lot of freedom sales dealers, um, you know, kind of breed these college kids into these door knockers. I was one of them. Yeah, me too. And, And yeah, so we all kind of come from this world and there's a lot of good that that creates and that can provide, but there is this kind of darker potential negative side where, and I don't know if it's the, you know, everybody just gets so competitive or they just have such a short-term mindset around what they're selling or solar or how long is this gonna be around, but they just wanna make as much money as they can, as quick as they can. And that leads to either charging customers too much money or not, putting, not giving them a, a big enough of an offset, you know, helping them, making them think that they're getting something that they're not, or they're not getting something that they are. And so it, it creates this, this issue that has, is plaguing a lot of companies right now. I mean, there's a lot of companies who are ending up on, on the news, et cetera. And it, it worries me that there's not enough companies that are policing that and making sure that their sales reps are taking care of the customer and, and being compliant or, or putting the customer first. And in this world, sales reps can sell a project for any price, right? We, we've talked about this on previous episodes where, uh, you know, a customer, if they don't, if they're not fully educated, they don't know what they should be paying and they don't know what their offset should be. It's the sales rep's job to explain that and educate them but if they don't do that, there is a potential recipe for disaster. So the one question is like, okay, how do we do a better job training our sales reps? I think you guys have done that. Um, how do we educate more customers? How do we get the base level of understanding in the United States around solar with every human being to, to a higher level to where if a customer is presented with a price point or a proposal that's just way, way higher than it should be, that they actually recognize it and understand, oh, I'm not, I'm not paying that. That's way too high. It's a big challenge. I mean, every solar company has a responsibility to train their people. And so I think that one of the biggest 
failures of the industry is on the training side. I remember coming in to the first team that I was on and uh, a couple of months in, somebody asked uh, what was net metering and a very basic fundamental you know, uh, function of solar in many markets, right? It's not every market has net metering anymore, but in the very beginning, the vast majority of them did. And I remember sitting in a team meeting and uh, I heard somebody try and explain net metering and it was wrong. And then somebody else tried to correct them and they were wrong. Oh no. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and like, there was like this battle of a couple of people speaking up, trying to explain what net metering was. And I remember like walking away from that going, whoa, like I just thought everybody knew this and not yeah. everybody knows it. So how do you educate a homeowner? Well, first you got to educate yourself. Like, do you actually understand your market? Do you understand the rules and how things work? I mean, one of the things here in Massachusetts, there's, uh, there's a uh, 25, what is it? 25 kilowatt AC inverter cap. So, you can sell a system, you know, over 25 kilowatt AC, but uh, the net metering rules are different if you do that. So I see, you know, there's some companies out here, um, you know, one of them's a really big one, I'm not going to name them, but I see their reps posting on social media all the time about this 28 kilowatt job that they sold or this 40 kilowatt job that they sold. And I know that those customers don't get net metering. They don't get the same net metering rules their buyback rates are different when you go above the cap you're changing the you're, you're in a different block you're in a different category yeah and i look at it and i'm like wow uh we have a very uneducated sales force speaking to the population about solar and frankly giving a bad name i mean when you, you go out and talk to random homeowners the sentiment about solar is not it's not overwhelmingly positive in right. fact it may not even be positive at all so it's an uphill battle. Why is it such an uphill battle? Well, I think it's because we've been in this game. People have been pushing solar and making false claims for years and years and years. And I think it's made it more difficult. It should be easier. Every day should be easier and easier and easier. Every customer should be easier and easier to talk to. Yeah. Because more social proof, more people understand it. I mean, the proof's in the pudding, right? It works. But for whatever reason, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of shortcuts taken on the training side and, uh, that leads to bad experiences. It leads to misinformation being spread. It leads to, you know, misunderstandings with customers. You get, I mean, the easiest customer in the world to sell should be the next door neighbor of a solar customer. Yep. But some of those are actually the hardest because the person that has solar doesn't know who their rep was that signed them up years ago. They're out of contact, which talk about the lowest hanging fruit in the world is your mm -hmm. neighbors of your own customers, you know, which back to like the adult thing, the, People that are generally older tend to understand the value of relationships and long-term value. Yeah. Whereas those that are newer to the workforce are just, they've only experienced, you know, a, a quick, you know, wham, bam style of sale, make your money and run. Um, so yeah, like we look for professionals. We look for people that have experience, people that are entrenched in their communities and I, they tend to do really, really well. And when you talk about self-gen, I would say uh, solar is predominantly door knocking, right? Yeah. You'd say that? Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, we have our canvassing department that does lead gen. Um, outside of that, I would say maybe 
10 to 20% of our self-generated deals are from door knocking. The, the vast majority of them are from referrals and from just networking and those types of like relationships. So if you do it right and you sell one deal and you sell it really well and that person really understands what this is and how it works and you deliver on expectations, well, that person's going to feed you deals for the rest of your career. Yeah. And if you go in to make the most amount of money possible and you make outrageous claims and promises and you collect your check and you disappear, your next deal is actually harder than your last. It's like, what a fool's errand. Like, it, it should get easier and easier every day. And I, I'm really proud of our team and our people because they're selling more and I think they're working less. Yeah, it really is. A, the fact that we a lot of our deals come from referrals is just a validation of what we do from the top down. And it really, again, it starts with Riley and money is not, we don't want money to ever be the number one thing that people are going after. Money is a byproduct of being very ethical, of being educational, and then doing your job as a professional. And I think our organization has probably more professionals than any other solo organization. And it's because what the culture is from the very, very top down is that's what's important to us. You know, we don't want people coming in and going, oh my God, I, you know, I just took this lady for a $15,000 commission. You know, first thing we start doing is we start looking up the deal just to make sure that this lady didn't get screwed. The thing is like when our people go out there and go sell 15, 20, 25 deals, they're selling it right. They're being professionals. They're getting a lot of referrals, which is again, a validation of how they go about their business. And because of that, we're really proud of the way we do our business. Yeah, it's this concept of, you know, the less you take, the more you make, right? You get more referrals, more happy customers, and it, it, it has the opposite effect of what I think, to your point, what we as an industry have been fighting for years is, you know, going to try and change the narrative in customers' minds around around solar and how it can benefit them. But it's 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 becoming a steeper and steeper uphill battle. But there's a lot of a lot of wins as well. So um, can I say one more thing before yes. you go to your next question? Um, I remember I used to hear some of this stuff. There's like this, uh, like two schools of thought almost, but there, there, there's not, they actually blend, but there's a school of thought of like, there's this like really nice, friendly, like super ethical, whatever. And then you got like this hardened, like winner. Yeah. When you're, when you're, when it's all said and done, you should be able to look at your customer and say, so do you see why everybody's doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I do. It's like, all right, well. Let's get you going too. You know, it's not this, I'm hard closing you. I'm using right. all these old school sales techniques. It's like solar. It makes so much sense to do this, that if people aren't saying yes to you, it's because you're just not explaining how it works. Mm -hmm. Like they just don't understand. If they understood how it worked, they would have solar panels on their roof. Yeah. So if you're, you know, a little tip to every solar salesperson out there, if you're walking away from deals where people need to think about it or they, it's like, you're, you're not explaining it. It's not them. It's you. Like, you need to explain this better. Maybe you are explaining it well, but they don't trust you. So there's a trust factor there. But, I mean, if people understand how this works and they like you and they trust you, not to oversimplify this thing, you know, but it's that simple. It really is. Mm -hmm. From a product standpoint, I agree. Um, but it seems like you guys are just all in on quality over quantity when it comes to your sales reps, their ability to explain 
And and I think that is a good start to get the rest of the masses to to understand, like give them the base level of understanding, because they they may then if they understand it, they go solar. To your point, they could then talk to their neighbor and give them a little bit of knowledge about it, as opposed to the rep who goes in, smashes in some high price per watt system, and neighbor asks them, "Hey, what'd you get? What'd you pay for?" And they're like, "I don't really know." <laughs> Right, so it, it probably does start with the sales reps, which ultimately kind of starts with you guys, right? With training. And so going back to what you said earlier, as a leader, you're selling, training, recruiting, and mentoring. That's kind of the typical uh, responsibility load for a manager or a sales leader. Not what, recruit, in our company, not recruiting. But, but what you guys have done is you've taken a lot of that recruiting responsibility out of it. And so they can just focus on selling, training, and mentoring. And the recruiting, it just comes in like a faucet every single month. They spill in and you guys just have this new wave of, of people to train. And you know, we have, a, we have a recruiting department. They do a phenomenal job. If we, if we see that we have a team that has a really high per rep average, we know it's time to hire more reps onto that team because they can bring people in. They're coming into a great culture. So we kind of point and shoot the the most people to the best teams and so we do that uh and then they go through a training uh program they spend a week with bruce hodges who's uh been with us from day one and uh grown is a phenomenal leader he takes everybody through training and takes really good care of them teaches them the basics make sure we cross all the t's and dot all the i's and i actually think a lot of solar companies do a great job of selling the dream yep. and i think very few of them do a great job of helping people execute on that dream I think there's a. I think I think the saddest story of solar is the uh, uh, Green Day wrote a song about it. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walk the lonely road. They, <laughs> they've walked this, oh. you know. And I'm not quoting. They yeah. walk a lonely road. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, will but, you sing it, please? No, there's so many people. I, I've, it's way too often, and I've seen it. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, we've even been guilty of this. I'm not saying we mm. haven't been guilty of this. I'm just saying that we are very cognizant of the fact that when somebody joins the organization, uh, they're coming in with expecting that they're going to get what they need to be successful. So part of it is giving people what they need to be successful. The other part of it is on them. I think a lot of solar companies in the industry today fail people uh, and they're not giving them what they need to succeed. They're not giving them the training and the coaching and the mentorship that they need to succeed. And uh, it's really, really unfortunate because you know, if you're coming into a commission only job and you're floundering for too long, like you're actually setting yourself back. So you can either take major steps forward or you can have a little bit of a setback. Um, and it's sad. And I think, you know, if there's any sales leaders out here listening, like I would say this, like your team is a, like when you look at your team, you're looking in the mirror, right? Like your team is you. If your team's underperforming, well, you are underperforming as their leader. If your team doesn't sell much, well, you're not doing what needs to be done. Like you are creating that environment. If they're killing it, congratulations, you're awesome. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about you guys. You're all about accountability. Like your mission statement, it just talks about how, you know, you are accountable for whatever it is you're trying to achieve. It's on you. Stop focusing on the things that you can't control. Um, so, Jay, Going back to your pivot that you made in um, your career, you're middle-aged and you jumped into solar. I, I I can't help but think that there aren't 
tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of other people out there who are either currently in the mortgage business, which with interest rates right now, like I cannot imagine the type of stress they're probably feeling right now. Um, how do people make that transition? I mean, you found solar and all of a sudden decided, I'm gonna go start knocking doors. That, that is very, very uncommon. But you know, therein lies the opportunity. What would your message be to those people? It does take a special, and, and you've knocked doors, Riley's knocked doors, it does take a special grit to go out and a determination to go out and knock doors. Knocking doors isn't for everybody, including just canvassers. That's why we go through so many canvassers. It's, it's a great opportunity, and you've just got to be able to do whatever it takes to take advantage of that opportunity. So I, did, I started that five years ago. It was 2017 when I knocked my first door. And, you know, just every opportunity that came before me, I just took and I ran with it. Uh, but if, again, somebody's in the mortgage industry right now or the real estate industry, which are both kind of on a depression and they're coming down and they want to look into going solar, which I think is on an upswing with all the new incentives that are coming out, we have great opportunities. You know, not everybody who gets into solar has to door knock. You seem to get recognized more if you do go out and you have the grit and you show that you can do a knock. Even us, you know, we have a really warm place in our hearts for anybody who's willing to go out there and start banging doors. It it says a lot about the person. Uh, but literally, if if there anybody's in an industry that they don't feel is going the right way, and they are interested in trying out solar, you know, we've got programs set up for the training and the mentoring, and uh, we're, we're we're a good home for people to come and uh, start their career. And how do they find Boundless? www.boundlessinc.com. That's probably the first place. Boundlessinc.com. Okay. Yeah. Great. Send them there. Uh, they could just walk into the office. Well, if they were in Marlboro, we're a nationwide <laughs> company. So they could fly yeah. to Massachusetts and walk into the office. Fly in. Come say hello. All right. Last question. Riley, what does the future look like for Boundless in an ideal scenario? Well, um, we started this with the goal of creating um, financial wealth and freedom. You know, I would, I would call it, uh, you know, generational wealth or like that yeah. type of wealth that, that can really change your family's future. Um, we wanted to, to make that for a thousand people. That was kind of our goal in the beginning was, can we, can we create financial freedom for a thousand people? Mm. Um, and it feels a little small, like looking at it today as I, as I, it seemed big at the time. Like, yeah, we just want to, we want to keep growing and cr keep creating opportunity and uh, keep being good stewards of the people that come in and put their faith in us. Um, I think next year at this time, you know, I, like we, we really did crack a, a code this year. Um, we've been building it for two years and with the belief that this this is what we needed to build. If we build this, this will work. Yeah. And it took a long time to get all those pieces functioning in unison. But today it works. So what's going to happen this next year is, you know, we just missed a thousand sales. Like we did just good enough to piss us off. Um, you know, we, we wanted to hit a thousand sales by October. 
Um, we run basically, we run a big competition in March to kind of kick off the year. We run SummerSlam in June and then we run Oktoberfest in October. So you said most companies tend to fall off after the summer. We actually build to this crescendo uh, in October. Um, I think next year we're looking to hit a double. We're going to just try and keep hitting a double. In a year from now, if we do this podcast again in November next year, we'll be celebrating that we did over 2,000 deals. Um, you know, mark your calendar for 2024. I'd say we're going to do 4,000. Um, I just think that the systems that we built um, and the people that we have in place overseeing those departments are just like they're just better. Like we did yeah. it better, and I think we have better people. The joy of being a, a leader and running an incredible team uh, is just about up there with the joy of like being a parent and watching your kids succeed, you know, when you mm. can help somebody come in and learn something and they they make that first check and they can't believe it. Like this is, you know, those moments, man, just recreating those. We want to recreate thousands and thousands of those. And I want to, I want to be a place where we have hundreds of leaders that are running hundreds of teams that are killing it and uh, thriving. And I think that's what we're going to do. Is that pretty short that's to the a point great, answer? Great, <laughs> concise answer. Making yeah. Making tens of thousands of solar babies. That's right. Jay, one last question. You are from Massachusetts, born and raised, right? Yes. All right. I've got a question for you. If I were to spell out a city and it's spelled W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. Yes. How do you pronounce that city? Worcester. That is correct. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining. This has been amazing. There's no no question as to why you guys are dominating and and the recipe you guys have built is clearly working so congratulations on all of the success thank you guys for joining thank you for tuning in and we will see you guys on the next episode 